Hey guys, welcome back. We've got Kim from Mindful Solutions. And yeah, we've got our co-host talking about her own business tonight. And she's going to be giving a lot of information on social media marketing in general. So this is one you want to listen to if you have any issues with your social media marketing and who doesn't. Uh, we're going to be talking about Float Helm here during the show, but I also want to give a shout out to Maximum Floats. Maximum Floats is the company that is working to get people in your float center with a program. This isn't something where it's just, um, you know, just, just getting the click funnel of people to show up for a single float. This is, mind you, click funneling from, from uh, social media and getting people in for an entire program with a consult, with a wellness package involved that is going to get people floating with you for weeks and months at a time. It's really fascinating and I highly encourage you to check it out. Maximumfloats.com is where you want to go. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Art of the Float. I am your co-host, Kim Hannon, and I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband, Graham Hannon. And tonight we're mixing things up a little bit because I own Mindful Solutions. And so I use a lot of marketing services that I provide. So I kind of do double duty with my consulting business and my float center. My name is Drew. I own New Hampshire Float. I do not use Mindful Solutions or Kim's services. I have a social media. Easy, easy, easy. I I have a social media person who um, is just a friend of mine doing my social media stuff. So I'm interested to hear more about this episode. I still love you, Drew. Thank you. Well, at least one of us support her. So I am Gloria Morris with Float 60, and I am a new recruit with Kim's Mindful Solutions. I also have a social media um, company that does my marketing. I used to do all the marketing myself, but when I went back to work full-time, I started outsourcing, and I've always uh, been kind of curious about Kim's services and her content, which is just really hard to produce. So, yeah, we're excited to kind of get rolling. I'm your co-host, Dylan. I own the Photoshop in Portland, Oregon, with my lovely wife, Sandra. And I was also Kim Curious, and I decided to take the plunge about a month ago and sign up for Mindful Solutions, and I am excited to talk about it. All right, so before we talk about all of that, uh, Drew has some really fun things that he's been working on behind the scenes. So Drew, I want to hear a little bit about um, some of the events that you're doing. Just give us a quick recap on what's going on. Okay, so... You caught me a little off guard with this ad read here for Float Helm, <laughs> but I, I do use Float Helm in my float shop. Absolutely love it, and I am about to use Float Helm in a new little side business that I'm starting that is event-based, and one of the things I absolutely love about Float Helm is the ease of which I get my questions answered, and um, the people behind the scenes who really help out when I have any type of question. Super easy. They're immediate. It seems like they're 24-7, which is really strange. Um, right. I'm always surprised <laughs> on, at certain times when I hear back from them. But 
I am about to embark on a new side business that is a light and sound experience and it will be event based. So I was really curious if Floathelm would work for that and after a couple of quick emails, it turns out they have an actual event based system that you can use to do this. So what I was really looking for, because these days you can't get large groups, I wanted to be able to put a cap on how many people could attend, but I also wanted people to be able to see it. So if we do multiple sessions in a night, let's say we do two or three of them, if there's only two sessions left for 6 p.m., but there's a group of three, then they can see that and they can decide where they're going to go that night for that event. And um, I was very, very pleased so far, and I'm very excited um, in the process of actually testing this out with a yoga studio locally here in New Hampshire. So if everything goes well, the next step will be to promote the actual event to the members of that yoga studio's community. And as this goes on, I'll probably be talking more about it. Um, so I guess that's all I'll say at the moment. But I'm very excited about Float Helm. They are branching out to do other things, not just um, float centers. So whether it's massages, um, acupuncture, yeah, there are all types of services and events. So I'm very excited about how easy they've been to deal, uh, you know, to work with. And um, I appreciate them very much. So this isn't just an ad read for Float Helm, but because I personally use them, I recommend them to people. I find it very easy. And there's so much stuff that they can do that I don't even know what they can do. So when it comes up, I hit it. So that's my pitch for Float Helm. Go get it. it. That's a very good. That's a passionate pitch. You need to be doing more ad reads. <laughs> I, me I meant it. I right? It. I could tell. It's true. It's really exciting, though, that you're like able to grow and to do this in the middle of this pandemic and yeah, you know, to be able to do yeah. it in a, in a way that's also safe for people, you know, as mm -hmm. safe as it can be. We can never guarantee safety, yada, 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 corporate brain going. But totally. Yeah. And I think that if you think outside of the box, there's a lot of great opportunity yeah. out there right now. Yeah. And Lance Foss, uh, audio visual. I mean, if you're listening, it sounds like you should be going through Clubhouse for your events. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Well, Kim. <laughs> Yeah. I know I know you're in the hot seat here giving the intro and everything, but you're also in the hot seat because you own Mindful Solutions and you've been doing marketing for a lot of businesses, but um, I guess, you know, for our purview here, float centers, for, for how long? Um, so let me back it up a little bit, actually, because uh, it's an interesting journey how I kind of got here. You know, I started in the, in the corporate world um, doing, I did some marketing in the corporate world. I worked you know, hand in hand with our, our internal team who did internal employee communications and marketing. And I was um, in a leadership role in the training side. So learning and development and uh, a lot of that, we started kind of merging things over time and we started taking on more employee communications. And then we started taking on a little bit more uh, dabbling in the marketing pieces of it. And suddenly we were creating some things that were, you know, customer facing, which after, you know, I was with the company for 15 years, but after more than a decade of really focusing internally, it was a big shift for me to start looking externally and, and kind of focusing a little bit more on our centers, or I'm sorry, on our, our locations. I'm, I'm in float world now, centers instead of, right. back then it was the properties because I was in the property management world. Um, and then, so my, I was really an expert in instructional design, in e-learning, in training and employee development. Um, and that is where, you know, I, had an amazing team that I worked with and was able to help coach and grow. And um, 
that was kind of my identity. And so whenever I left the company, when Sukino was under construction, that was a really hard transition for me to let go of that identity and to then suddenly say, okay, this is what I'm really freaking good at. Like we won awards, like mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be on my team. We had people sending in resumes who like, we didn't have jobs open and people were sending in resumes because they wanted to do what we did. And it was, it took me a long time to really break away from and let go of that piece and to finally get honest and say, you know what? I don't really love training the way that I thought I did the way. And I had just, you know, invested so much of my own personal development, my own career development into doing that. Um, and what I noticed though, is the universe just works in funny ways that this last couple of years, I really started working more and more with our marketing team. And I started to develop some great relationships with those folks. And, you know, we, we would collaborate on so many projects and I learned a lot from them and it was enough to spark um, an interest for me to go back to my roots. So I was a marketing major in college and um, that was my formal education, but I never really used it for external marketing. I always saw it as internal employee marketing. Basically I was marketing to our own team members and it really sparked my interest to go back and, you know, brush up my skills, study some graphic design, study a little bit more about visual design, user interface, and, you know, start kind of nerding out on a whole lot of different things. And, um, whenever we started construction with Sukino, I finally decided I was going to launch my own business instead of going to work um, at another company. And that was a really nice thing. low risk choice there low while starting risk. your own other right? business. Yeah. Huh? And I was always the breadwinner in the family. Like, uh-huh. you know, I always had the high paying job. And um, so was, was I, Graham, was your husband like, hey, um, maybe think twice about this or did he just have full confidence in you because you're a beast yeah there was there was a little a a little pushback of like are you sure are you sure i think we can do this and you know the plan honestly with my former company was that i wasn't going to leave that company why when we opened the float center um i worked from home already my you know corporate headquarters were in chicago we had lived in chicago for three and a half years and then we moved here and we're here for several several years and i was already working remotely but they wanted me to come back to chicago back to the corporate um. office and that was part of my decision to leave because at that point i'd already announced that we were opening the center i'd already yeah. told everybody in the company i'm not leaving don't worry and had yeah. to eat this that before she met me by the way it if is she, if she knew me back then i probably could have coerced her but right. i'm so glad that it worked out that we didn't know each other right then. yeah on a different so timeline, just, absolutely. You guys would be totally. close sixteen it together. Yep, yeah. Speaking of sixteen. Could still happen. Yeah, but you know, it was definitely terrifying. And I uh, started out by going back to what I was used to. And I started out by reaching out to some contacts in uh, the training world and saying, you know, I'm available for some freelance stuff. And um, what's really funny is I went out to dinner with one guy one night who he had come to some of my workshops before. I used to teach some workshops for other instructional designers and taught them how to do what I did. And he had come to some of mine and he, you know, he called me and he said, I need some help on some projects. Do you want to you know, come help me? And I started working with him and we went out to dinner one night and we sat down and he said, you know, Kim, I'm listening to you talk about um, this float center thing. He's like, you light up when you talk about that in a way that you don't light up when you talk about training. Right. 
And he had seen me talk about both and this training piece that I loved, I had built my career on. And he's like, you, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, 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 I do. And uh, it took me a while um, to realize like, I didn't really want to do that as much, but I took on some clients, did some more instructional design projects. Uh, I've done animated video development for years. I started that, you know, when I was in the corporate world and did it for my company and um, hired, I got hired on with a couple of other small business owners to do some different styles of videos. Some were for marketing purposes, some were for training purposes, but I was just creating those animated videos. And eventually it got to the point where I was like, you know, I just, I don't like working with these companies. And uh, lots of folks had been reaching out to me asking about help with social media, help with videos. And I just felt like it was really that point where the universe was laying out that path for me to take and to say, you know what, it's time to focus. At that point, I had brought on some clients um, in the float world and it was just time for me to really focus and say, I really just want to serve holistic wellness businesses. And um, so I've been doing that for the past two and a half, two to two and a half years. Um, started it, you know, right around the time that Sukino uh, opened, actually. Crazy to think it's been that little amount of time mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like you've been doing it forever. Um, so I want to talk to you about what Mindful Solution does. I want to talk about um, the onboarding process, and I want to talk about my experience so far. But um, I also, I just want to hear a little bit about what your approach is, because I don't want this to just be about mindful solutions. I want somebody mm -hmm. listening to be able to have takeaways for yes. what they can be doing for their marketing. Yep. Um, and so I'm curious, what have you learned or what are your things, um, approaches mm -hmm. to make sure that your social media posts are hitting the mark and getting you know, interactions and shares and all that stuff? Yeah. Or, so or even like for planning and all of that. So I'm going to clarify one thing really quick. Mindful Solutions is the name of my company and Mindfully Social is the name of the social media product that I offer. So, um, and within Mindfully Social, there are three different packages that, um, one is just content, one is content that's scheduled for you, one that is content that's scheduled and posted for you. And that matters um, in a big way because what I find is that people have different struggles. And I want to hear from you guys on this, like thinking about your own social media, where do you struggle the most? Is it content? Is it staying consistent? Is it actually posting and getting it done? Is it, you know, where do you, where do you find your struggles, Drew? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're not That's alone. That's the correct answer. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone. All of those, all of those. And even hiring someone, now that I have someone that does it, I mean, she tells me like, hey, I'm struggling for content. If you have anything, send it my way. And I try to do that, but it's not on my mind and I, it's a tough thing for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, she's just doing her best. And if I see something, hey, say something about this and anxiety, she'll do a little something and put it together. But there's no structure to it. Definitely not. There's not like a theme. It's just we'll do this this day and we'll switch it up and do something different. Yeah, and I, I would say uh, definitely all of the above, but they kind of come in waves and in stages. So in the very beginning, when I first opened, when I was doing all the marketing myself, it was very fresh. We hadn't used these images before. We were starting to talk about anxiety for the first time, sleep deprivation for the first time. And, you know, the longer you're open, which is going on four and a half years now, you feel like you're repeating mm. the same old stuff. So I personally, 
I was very excited about doing my own marketing uh, in the beginning, but you know, it just got stale. So my intention of bringing someone else on was to, you know, offload it from my plate because I couldn't do it anymore. Um, but also just to get a fresh look at it, right? So yeah, I struggle with consistency, with content, with freshness, and just, uh, yeah, the content itself. I would echo that as well. And like certain aspects of floating will be inspiring me. So like, I'll have a bunch of those ready to go, but it's like, that shouldn't be all my content for the month. And like, I finally got dialed in for like, okay, Mondays are my day to focus on social media. Um, but then if something happens on a Monday, like actually the biggest thing for me was the fires that came and we had to leave the house and it was like, okay, now I have no content for the week. Um, and so should I have been doing it for like a month ahead of time or something like that? But like the inspiration part, because sometimes I'm super inspired and I'll create a bunch and that's great. But then does that feed the content for long enough? And then, yeah, I don't know, just the whole, the whole staying organized, staying planning, staying inspired, all these things always have to be in perfect balance for it to work properly. And then when you're spinning a bunch of other plates, it's difficult to do that. Um, or in this case, I kind of jokingly say, all it takes is a giant wildfire and my my social media shuts down. But honestly, it could be anything. And the business needs to continue operating. That's the piece, that the strategy piece. And that's where my career was built around strategy. You know, I could figure out the nitty gritty and the detail, and it's fun for me, you know, at the moment to to do that. But I love the strategy, and what I learned in the training world really translates beautifully to social media. There are a lot of differences, but what I learned in trying to help people learn works just, I mean, perfectly. So, when someone is learning something, um, repetition is good, but if you're just throwing darts at them as they're, you know, messing up on the job, then it's a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And when you think about social media, if you're just throwing a post because you thought about something, there's no strategy. And so coming up with this really high level plan of knowing what you're going to post and when and why, that is a really hard piece to do when you have a million other plates that you're spinning. And so if you're spinning all of these plates that you have to take care of customer relations, you've got tank maintenance, you know, a pump just went out, like all of the stuff that's happening on site, it's really hard to devote time to creating this strategy. And when I'm doing a strategy um, for my, you know, I obviously use my own content, um, but when I'm sitting down to figure out what I'm going to be posting for the month for myself and for my clients, that piece alone of just figuring out what I'm doing is at least eight to 12 hours typically of just saying, what is my plan for the month? That's not creating the content. That is my plan. That's like looking at what kind of posts, um, what kind of stimulus variation am I going to offer? Sometimes that means it's an article, sometimes it's a video, sometimes it's you know imagery. And so I'm mapping out how many, how many articles have I posted this month? How many videos, how many photos? If you guys could see Dylan's face. Well I, so let me let me describe it because stressing me out. I, I know this is not a video blog, which I'm still convinced we should do a video podcast. We're all beautiful. Blog. There's no reason why we shouldn't yeah, do a video. I mean, let's share the eye candy. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, literally as Kim is talking about this, I saw steam coming out of his <laughs> right. ears. And all of a sudden, the hand over the floor. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. yeah. So just wanted to share that with the audience. It's beautiful. An unconscious stress move. It's true. Yeah, and I love it, Kim. I'm so grateful to you know have 
you as a resource now because you think that way. And yeah. don't get me wrong, my social media team, they're, they're really good, but they don't live in the float center, mm-hmm. right? And I've totally, well, and we can save this for a little bit later, but I had to tell them that I was hiring you, which was, you know, very oh, easy. It was very <laughs> easy. You know, I didn't feel, I didn't hesitate at all because it's a very logical explanation that, you know, given your process and your knowledge of the industry, it's a no brainer, right? It's so important to have the two and the absence of the knowledge of the industry. It's really hard to translate this to a social media co- company. Hmm. Right. Really hard. You, you've talked about that in the past, Gloria. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I had a client who, um, she was one of my earlier clients, but she said that she had somebody doing her social media. She was paying them a thousand dollars a month and she had to provide the content. Right. And that just, blew my mind right. that I mean to she still had to provide the content and honestly the content is a huge piece strategy is huge content is huge and then creating the posts if you know what your planning creation is a breeze you know that mm-hmm. piece of it like if you know anything about design or or you know copywriting or whatever if you have an idea or you've done it and had some success you don't even have to have a formal education to figure out kind of what people are responding to or not um, but that you know that part that she's paying somebody a thousand dollars to do this and that that was probably one of those moments when i got honestly really pissed off that marketing and as a marketer myself that a lot of marketers are really um i don't want to say taking advantage of float centers but they're certainly not doing them any favors you know yeah and a previous host amy had the same situation where she was they were dumping in a ton of money to this marketing company and they had to do most of the work. And then yeah. we're like correcting them on the things yes. they did. Yes. And it, I, I, I just then said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to fix this. And yes, it helps me to pay my bills, but it's also about like helping float centers on an affordable um, plan. You know, I could charge a lot more than what I do. And, um, there are often times that I look at, you know, some freelance sites and, you know, just like my little animated videos typically are, are going for like three and four times what I charge. And I, I know what it's like to be a float center, you know, a float center owner. I know how sometimes the budget is tight. And I also know um, ways that I can now be really efficient in what I'm creating for people and be able to use it for multiple centers. And that helps to keep the cost down, you know, and. Oh, right. Yeah. So that, and that's good. But to be the devil's advocate, like these other marketing agencies, I mean, in order to give the mind share and to actually do the work and to balance their resources, they have to charge a price that makes it worth their while, right? right? So yeah. I, I don't want to bash the people who are out there charging $1,000 to do it because there's a lot to it, there right? Is. But But you're absolutely right. You're like the perfect unicorn because... <laughs> You can actually leverage the assets that you're creating, modify those base assets. You're not creating original content all the time and have more scalability in your business and drive the cost down. But these these marketing companies that aren't niche like this, they have to create the wheel every single time. Right. Right. So I just wanted to put that out there. I, I don't want people to walk away and feel like they're being taken advantage of. There's just we there's a unique value prop yes. that you provide that's 
unusual. And there are some, there are definitely some other marketers out there who do know the float centers, you know, the float world, and they're able to provide a really incredible product in doing that. And I think that's just the key piece is if you've got somebody who knows nothing about floating, if they refuse to float, if they've never tried floating, it's really hard to know all of the nuances about floating. And, you know, I mean, think about what we all know that's your content of what, you know, the experience is like, um, how does someone prepare? What do they need to know about their first float? What do they need to do in the hours before? What do they need to know about arrival? What do they need to do once they get there? Those are pieces of content. That's an education, um, but that is something that you can be posting about. Then it's the actual float experience. And we all know how different that's going to be for everybody. You can, you know, you can post about the different tank options that you have. You can post about all of the different time lengths and why it might be better to do a longer or a shorter post on, or a longer or shorter float on different days. There are just so many nuances to the experience itself that if you've never come in to do it, you have no idea. So what advice, and we'll use Drew as the guinea pig here because mm-hmm. he's the one not supporting you in your business. It's not like you can't afford it. It's not like you can't afford it. But I mean, the reality is there's a lot of people who are, you know, quote unquote, pregnant with another company yeah. or it might be a friend or it might be, you know, a resource that they may not even have to pay for. Maybe they're working a trade. How, do, what advice would you give those people who are already using a company to have that continuity between the float experience and their output? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it is planning and coming up with a consistent schedule, understanding this is what I'm going to post on what days. And then when you're looking at, you know, breaking down what you're posting on different days, you've got to have a mix of not just the types of content that I mentioned earlier, but also the actual content, something that's good for someone who has never floated, something that's good for someone who is a new floater, something that's good for someone who is an experienced floater. And being able to really map that out and to say, I have information that everyone can respond to at some point or another. It also, one big thing to keep in mind is if you think about a river, you are never going to reach down and scoop the same cup of water twice. And when you think about social media, it is a river. It's constant. You have new followers. Those followers have all sorts of different information that's being updated in their feed all the time. And so the likelihood of someone actually seeing that you've posted the same thing twice, if you space it out, And I recommend reusing, we call it evergreen content. If you're reusing evergreen content, you know, if something does really, really well, bring it back in six months, post it again. Um, You can get that same kind of reaction from a different audience, from a new audience, from new followers. You know, there's so much that we, we kind of get in our own way and say that like we should never post the same photo twice or never use the same caption twice. No, no there's a small percentage of people who follow you who are actually going to see that post the first time. So don't be afraid to use it again if it was effective. If it got crickets the first time, it might get crickets the second time, but it might not. And the reason I say that is because it might be dependent on the time of day. It might be dependent on what you've most recently done. So if you've... There's the here we go. <laughs> here we go. If you've had... If you've had a post that's gotten a really, really great response, or if you've gone live recently and it's gotten a really good response, 
you are going to get a natural little boost in the algorithm from that. And so whatever you post in the days following can benefit from that. Hmm. So the next time you've posted, it might not perform as well if you had that little boost. So okay. there are some, you know, little nuances well, behind the scenes. Can I ask you how you measure mm -hmm. success? What is a, mm -hmm. su a successful post? Uh, that is the hardest piece because mm -hmm. a successful post, we have vanity metrics. You can look and see how many people are liking, commenting on things. Um, honestly, that's nice. You might have people who love to follow you on social media. Um, mm -hmm. I have my, I have some folks who are really, really into our posts and they pretty much comment with, I need to schedule an appointment. I can't wait to try this on every single post. To me, those people are a huge failure. Um, but I have reached them in a way they want to come in. They talk it up. They're following us. But honestly, they haven't come in yet. So that to me isn't a success metric. Um, what is, is when somebody actually comes through the door and books a float with you. And they're not right. always going to know. Uh, they're not always going to tell you. You know, you're not going to know if your social media post was the reason for that. Now, advertising is a lot easier to track. You can track clicks, you can track your sales, all of those sorts of things. But organic social media is really about a long game. For me, it's about people who feel like they know you when they come in, people who know what to expect when they come through the door. That is successful. I can give you metrics. We can look at growth rates and all of that. You know, honestly, in the float world, growing five to 10% per month, 5% is really more realistic um, with organic posts, it's pretty slow. It's a long game. And so your social media has to be an extension of your customer service of what you're offering in the center, but also of preparing those new followers to come in and meet you and to start that relationship too. Okay. Can we get tactical for a minute? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Let's get okay. Tactical, Gloria. Maybe. Let's do this. So I want to know, like Chinese menu style, what are the services that you specifically provide? You talked about the platform, okay, the content. So, you know, there's so many aspects aspects to marketing, and I did a speech on this at the float conference years ago. There's so many things. What is your comprehensive <laughs> offering? Uh, I have lots of different pieces and I know, that's yeah, <laughs> yes. So <laughs> mindfully social is the big piece and um, the social media piece. And again, with that, it's content, content that's scheduled. I have my own scheduling tool. And honestly, <laughs> my own scheduling tool is it's a big, huge piece for people. I have someone who is getting ready to sign on right now who, you know, is was just blown away at how easy it was to use the tool and also how valuable that tool was. Um, and then I can also go in and customize it for you. You know, that those three tiers. Um, I can help with strategy. If you want to do your own um, social media or you have someone else and you want to have a conversation and talk a little bit about strategy and basically kind of I share some knowledge with them, that's an option. Um, I do animated social media videos. I have helped with lots of websites, uh, lots of strategy, decisions about pricing, about packaging, you know, anything that falls in that consulting world. I've helped put together employee uh, training plans, all sorts of things. I'm actually working one of my next big 
projects. And part of the reason that I shifted this to the Mindfully Social platform is because um, I'm working on some eBooks that will be available for people. I'm always doing stuff, but um, I'm almost finished with a book that is basically just social media strategy. And it's a high level, like 101 type class or type of uh, information. But, you know, hopefully that's going to be available, you know, pretty soon. Um, but I, I like to do a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So do. can I ask a question since Maybe. I, I feel like I'm being a, a little bit recruited here? Um, so that's the true intention tonight. (laughs) So I have, you know, my social media girl, Jen lover, she's doing her thing. I have the struggle of not only creating the content, but actually posting the content. So if I have her who I hire to do this stuff, she could be like the point person and just, I, I still don't have to do it, but you guys could work together and you could kind of guide her mm-hmm. with that float background, but she could be the executioner. Is that how that would work? Like she would be the one saying, okay, we're coming into November. This is kind of Drew's mm-hmm. goals. Yeah, the ex- I like that. And, <laughs> and then um, so she would be the one to actually say, okay, yeah, let's do it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday or whatever. Well, can, right? I, can I step in here just like with my personal experience so far? And then you can tell me how wrong I am. But uh, so like I use Buffer for my um, social media scheduling. And so that that goes for Facebook and Instagram. I don't do Twitter anymore. And um, she, I mean, I don't know. It's Mindful Solutions. I have no idea what the program is now. Mindfully Social. Mindfully Social. Thank you. Um, So it's like it's her branded deal, right? Like that's the only way I I know it as. Um, It's actually better uh ux for me or yeah ux for me um looking at it than buffer which i pay for um so i'm gradually going do i just want to do it through this at this point the only thing is we also post through art of the float sometimes through through buffer as well but who knows maybe i was gonna say maybe we'll (laughs) i can i can hook up with a seat for that wow i can actually start breathing just thinking about it wow yeah so number one question though what do you have the data to back up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, props to drew on that for yes putting that in the chat you i have data I, have a the yes. I won't hold you to that oh. data is boring right now yeah, it funny. is it is but there i do have analytics on every single post have analytics right. overall so it's all yeah. it's all so that's one there. of the first yeah. things i saw is it goes yeah. like here's all your previous social media posts and then it runs an algorithm and then it pops out a score for each one of your posts based on how many times it was shared likes organic reach all that stuff but the other thing is so ken puts it in the schedule right so i open it up i have to approve it she emails me and is like hey you didn't approve it Get, get in there before they start sending out. And then if I missed one, an auto email comes out and is like, hey, dummy, you didn't do this. Do you want to do that later? It says, hey, dummy. It, it does. <laughs> hey, silly. Hey, Stacy. Uh, it's a little nicer about it. Um, it's got the Kim touch on it, and, and it's, it's kind. But it's reminding me, hey, listen, you, you want to do this. So you can, you can go through ahead of time and be like, Oh, I'm going to be closed that day. So, you know, I actually want it. If they're going to be calling, I want it to be the next day or, you know, do that whole thing. So for Drew, I would say, you know, Kim's putting in all the content for you, all the baseline content. And then you can go in later or she, your your executioner can go in later and go, um, 
okay, well, Turkey Day is coming up, so we're going to be doing this sale here, or I want to remind them about this and all the really specific stuff about your center and the local stuff. Then you put that coding that over, coding the, top, over the, top, the top, and then you have like a super robust feed going, going on that has that consistent, consistent materials coming out, educational material that's coming out, and it's got your own the NH Stink on it, you know, like it's personalized branding in there, which is what you want, right? But then she doesn't have to be sweating all the clothes stuff because Ken's breaking that sweat. She she lives it, so it's already in there. And that's honestly the part where I do struggle is the local piece putting your face, like your what's happening. I don't know this. I don't. And so my, my, um, um, I call it the handoff. I call it the handoff. Basically, I go in and brand it. I learn all of your policies. I learn, you know, what kind of equipment you have. I learn all of that stuff and try my very best to really personalize the post. So it sounds like you, it's, you know, truly just for your center. And, um, it, it's just really, really customized. But the piece that is so hard for me is number one, getting photos from people. I have, <laughs> I, it's hard. Um, that's why Please I rely on, by name, don't name by name. <laughs> that's why I rely on the art of the float photos. Um, nice. so oh, quick, name that, name out of the float. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I rely on those heavily because it's hard to get pictures, you know, of the actual center. And so Drew, if you have somebody who can number one, get those photos for you, but cool. two, to be able to go in and, you know, just talk about like, Hey, Drew's out this week and here's what we're doing or, you know, any kind of little personal flair, what's happening on site, those sorts of things, stories. Um, I can do some, you know, basic, simple stories, but, um, I don't include that typically in my packages because stories are best if they are the behind the scenes stuff, if there are timely issues, if they're, you know, just something quick that you need to get out there for people, I wouldn't recommend necessarily using stories as like your education. The stories are where you can really, really connect with folks on a, a different level. Um, I've had a lot of success posting about, I think I've shared before about our squirrel. Actually, I think I talked about that at FloatCon. Um, I do Sunday, squir uh, Sunday squirrel stories. Um, and we have a family of squirrels that lives outside our center and we have a little bowl where we throw out some peanuts occasionally and the squirrels come and visit us. And so that's a post I do every Sunday. I take pictures. I talk about what he's doing, how he threw the bowl because it was empty or, you know, Ollie came over to say hi to everybody. Like, yeah, it's just fun little stuff. It's not about floating, but those stories, like that's a whole different way to do stories. And that's something that I can't do for another center. Okay, I have a question going back to the photos. Two questions. First is, if you are using Art of the Float content, does your client have to pay a license fee for those particular photos? Or is that kind of all included? So back in the day, that was my rule whenever, uh, before I had my Mindfully Social platform. Um, since then, we've uh, reached a wonderful agreement. So I do typically about five to six posts per month that include art of the float photos from, it could be something that was, you know, created a year ago. It could be the latest and greatest. Um, I just pick and choose the ones that I feel like fit into my strategy that I'm putting together for that month. And so you get those, even if you're not a, a subscriber, but they are just for the social media use. And so it. it's, I may have text on there. I may have something there. So you're not going to be able to use those. Like if you want to do, you know, posters or business cards or, you know, other printed materials and things like that, but um, they are included at no extra car, uh, extra cost to the, the subscribers. So, okay. So the second question is 
What if you have a very busy multi-float center <laughs> owner who also has a full-time job, but also just signed up with you? Hypothetical. And, and they are behind on their intake process. Can you then go to the web and peel their photos that they've used from their existing social media or Google per se. Jeez. And I'm just asking for a friend. Just for a right. friend. Your, uh, your friend, very generic question. Your yes. friend is probably like half of my clientele. Um, so right. I get pretty resourceful. Um, I pull a whole lot of stuff from the internet. I go back and dig through old social media posts and see if I have anything there that I can use. Um, and I also have a lot of clients who after that first month or two, they don't want to look at every post and approve every post. Um, right now, the only people who do are the ones that are on their first month. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I always recommend to people start that way so that you can make sure that you like the vibe, that I'm not misrepresenting things, you know, um, and that tends to work. If there's something that I know is like, I don't know if I should say tank or cabin here or how many pounds of Epsom salt or, you know, those little bitty nuances make a difference because I want it to be consistent with what you tell people when they come in. And so those are the posts that like, I'm going to ask people to go ahead and look at and approve before it goes out. But um, most of my clients, they don't even look at what I have scheduled. Like they just let it roll. So, uh, but I can find photos, but I also Gloria, like we kind of talked a little bit about this before that we have this tendency, especially um, as float center owners, we want everything to look perfect and Social media is the enemy of good. Social media is not about perfection. Okay. Um, If you are a multi-billion dollar company and, you know, you you just don't have the capacity to really build relationships, one-on-one relationships with company or with your clients, (laughs) if you're anything like the float shop, it's not expected (laughs) that you have perfection everywhere. People really honestly respond best to quick photos that you take. Like they just want to see what it looks like inside your center. Um, Every time I have a picture that I reuse of my lobby and I've posted, I think probably 20 or 30 times. And every time I do, it's not my lobby, my lounge area. And every time I post it, people just go goo goo over it. It's just, I took me two seconds. Like I just took this picture, but those are the kinds of pictures. If you walk into the float room, you take a selfie standing next to your tank those are perfect. And I have some clients who have just a whole bunch of photos they've taken, you know, randomly, they'll send me a Dropbox link or drive link or whatever. And I use those photos where I can. So it doesn't have to be a professional photo shoot. That's why we have Dylan. That's why we have the art of the float photos. Like those are going to make floating look good, but just a quick shot of your equipment or your reception area or something. So that when people, what people see on social media matches what they see when they come mm-hmm. into the center. That's a huge piece of it. It's just to put out something that when people walk in, they feel like they know you already. And nice. you do that through your tone. You do that through those quick photos. You do that through going live on Facebook. You do that just, just by inserting those little um, personality pieces in there. And if, if you've seen my writing, most of the time, I will sometimes write things that are like really straightforward, but a lot of times I put in very casual language. Um, and I do that on purpose because people don't want to be talked at. They want to be spoken to. They want to be a part of the conversation. And keeping language really, really formal creates this barrier. And if you wouldn't say that in that exact same way to mm. somebody who walks through your door, mm-hmm 
if it's going to sound different to them, then there's a disconnect. And that's, that's part of that like big strategy of keeping it casual, talking to people. Like if you would say, Hey, how are you? Versus hello, how are you? Just those little things make a huge, huge difference in social media. I, I think I still get locked in that. Like we're a business presenting as a business, you know, not like we're, we're a couple so running the, a business. The question is, people. do you like to buy things from big businesses, from businesses and corporations? Or do you like to buy things from people who live in your neighborhood who run a business? Absolutely. Right? Who have a family, yeah. who have supporting their children. That's, and that's, I mean, what, that's what they compliment when they come right. in, you know, like they, yeah. they love the people that they work here. The they love the feeling of the space and all that. Yeah. People, people, and people love people. They don't love businesses. Gloria, shouldn't, shouldn't your friend have a marketing team that can get this content to Mindful Solutions? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, yeah. but yeah, talk but I'm going to your have to talk to this friend and see. <laughs> um, so I asked about the menu of services before. What about other things like email campaigns and doing like direct mail segmentation, even mailers? What about monthly newsletters, things like that? I, that's not something that you hear about as much anymore, but right. it's still needed, right? Yes, I get a lot of requests for that. And that's something that is also on the list. Um, and I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach that. Um, I do have some tools that I'm testing right now. I wanted to get to steady state with Mindfully Social. Um, and you know, we're, we're almost there. Um, but I want to be able to offer some newsletter content, email campaigns, some things that are a little bit more targeted. Um, but that's coming soonish. Um, awesome. yeah. To, to mindfully social, that'll be part of it. it yes. An, it an might, it might be an option. Them. It might be some things that you can go purchase just ad hoc. If you just want oh, interesting. this yeah. campaign for this month or something like that, and <laughs> you can still go in and customize. So, um, I'm working on all of those fun ideas. And so you see your children, the, right? Like I you do, do, they know who you are. And They're everything. part of it. I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my kids are pretty much on. The only reason you guys don't see them is because they're in bed right now. Like when we record, it's late <laughs> enough that they're in bed. But yeah. um, when I'm on float conference board meetings, my kids are usually popping in and, you know, and saying hi to everybody. And yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I, see the, I just, I'm amazed by how much yeah. you get done. It yeah. just blows me away. Gloria, you had another question. So it's safe to say that you do most of the work that's considered organic, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So when it comes to like um, having a resource to do your Facebook marketing, your Google ad spend, your uh, specific paid targeted advertising, is that something that you keep separate? Do you partner with people? How does that work? Um, I am looking for some partners on some stuff. Um, I actually created a Facebook group uh, that is designed to help bring you know, people who have services and products that support the float industry. I, I wanted to bring them together into a space where we can network and, you know, refer people and, and help each other out. Um, I have looked at it. I've taken countless classes, honestly. And this kind of goes back to what Dylan was just saying about like, how do I do all the things I do? Um, I only do the things I enjoy and plain and simple. And Facebook advertising makes me insane. They change the interface constantly. Um, it, it It is a nightmare. Ads get rejected like crazy. In the social media world right now, I can tell you there are social media managers who are losing their minds because they have ads that are getting rejected for no reason. People's ad accounts are getting shut down for no reason. There's a, it's a nightmare. It is 
insanely stressful. And so I will say, if you are paying someone to do your paid advertising, they are worth every penny <laughs> that you yeah. are giving them. It, it does not bring me joy. Um, I keep going back to it. I keep saying one day I'm going to do that. But man, every time I just go in to do my own, it, it breaks my soul. Oof. So, you know, I'm so glad, and we did not rehearse this. I did not know the answer to that, but I'm so glad that you answered it the way that you did. Because one of the things in my talk at the float conference uh, in 2018 was that if there's a marketing company that's claiming they will do it all, they're probably not the right partner because it is almost impossible unless you're dealing with a huge agency that has divisions to handle each of these components. There's so much complexity to all of that that you cannot possibly be good at it all. You can't, especially as a one woman agency. So I, I love the answer and I, it gives me confidence in my strategy to kind of diversify and hire you for content, keep the guys that I've got going for my um, ad strategy and have the two of you work together mm -hmm. uh, because you're, you're bringing the best of the best. And that's how I assemble my team. Too. Right. I try to bring people with different skill sets, not one person that can use a hammer to mm -hmm. hit every nail. Right. So yeah. I, I'm really appreciative of that. And that's going to serve you well. Don't do it. Yeah. I, Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking about it. but uh. And one thing that's in um, the Mindfully Social platform itself has an option where you can boost posts. Now, boosting posts and actual ads are two different things, but I do have a beta mode right now where you can boost posts directly in the platform. Um, so technically, I'm kind of in that paid ad space. You basically use my platform to set it up and I don't touch it. Um, you can use the posts that I create for you to boost them, like totally fine to do that. And I've, I've had situations before where I've, I've jumped on calls with other marketing team members, you know, and said, okay, um, they want to use my post, but X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I'll share imagery with them and tell them they're welcome to take the copy and edit it. Um, they can do that, but you know, I'm happy to jump on those calls and, you know, talk to people about it. But again, it is, it, it, it's true. Like I do a lot of things and I love doing a lot of things, but I know my limits and, um, I know what is fun for me and what's not. And if it's not fun for me, it's not going to be effective for you, plain and simple. And, and by the way, I mean, we've talked about Facebook most of the time, but my my guys are testing TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook. I mean, there's there's all these channels that are untapped. Spotify has an ad platform, right? So yeah. now that uh, Joe Rogan's on Spotify, that's probably a viable uh, advertising source, right? But is it affordable? We don't know. And it, there's going to be nuances for every mm. one of those, including YouTube. Yeah, Amazon, right? Amazon Alexa, you can set up your own skill and you know have a skill set up so that you're greeting everybody giving them a fluke fact a day if you want to like there's so many ways to to reach people um and and that though i i do want to say one of the, the things that i try to stress for people is don't feel like you have to do it all um you need to be really good in the places where your audience resides like whatever they're using stay there um there are some folks that you know youtube's not your thing like don't go there. Don't waste your time. Twitter, mm, no. And being a regional brick and mortar business, like you've got to really figure out what is most effective for you. And a lot of those other platforms aren't. TikTok, I feel like um, it's just such a unique thing and it can do a lot for you know the industry as a whole. And it can do really well for some regional businesses. Um, it, it's 
fascinating to see how that one's taking off. But again, it goes back to perfection. And a lot of people spend a lot of time creating these little TikTok videos that honestly, the, the shelf life on those is mm. minutes sometimes, minutes. And so just keep that in mind. You know, Facebook is usually a couple of hours. Um, and it it's it's just one of those things that you have to be willing to say this is good enough. It's going to get my point across, get it out there to people and hopefully get some good responses and create that relationship with people. So much of it is just about creating that relationship. We can talk about this all night. I love it. I love you too. I'm writing writing a book on this social media stuff. Apparently. I don't know how that happened. So I started about a month ago and um, I'm breathing easier. I just don't have that constant stress of the content making. I feel like when I come into my office to work, I'm so freed up now on what my project is for for my time as opposed to, I gotta get inspired and create this content. Now I can get inspired and put it in my queue and it'll, and yes, I, I really like the new queue by the way. Yay, um, glad to hear and that. Put it in at the right times that I think is, is appropriate. So I'm loving that and you're inspiring me to want to focus on my stories as well. Um, and I already had somebody come in for like the first time ever and say, maybe I asked her why she was here or something like that. And she's like, oh, well, just like your, your, um, I don't know if she said Facebook or Instagram post, you know, all, all the reasons that were listed on your last post. And, um, my super sexy friend Dave is, is floating and, uh, it's float therapy. How can it help you? Stress relief, anxiety, depression, athletic recovery, meditation, yeah. spirituality, and pain relief. That one, um, um, everybody got great results out of that. So funny. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Quick everybody. note. I know everybody wants people floating with their eyes closed. Um, any, this is true for any business. Mm-hmm. Eyes looking at the camera um, gets more views. It, it, it engages people more on, on social media. Just couldn't put away. I think I've mentioned it before. It but, um, so it's funny to already be getting like the in-person results of that is, is super cool. And this was somebody who had floated with us years ago and hadn't, hadn't been back for years. So pretty, pretty damn cool for me being able to witness that. I want to share one other thing too. You know, I have a lot of folks who have their own content. Um, They need a little more or, you know, some help on that strategy or they have ideas about things and um, maybe they have their own content. I've had other people who have, you know, just a bunch of posts that they've paid for and they have those ready. Like you can do all of your own stuff. What Dylan was saying before, basically like Mindfully Social also, it's not just the content piece of it, but the scheduling tool. Um, You don't need Canva. You don't need Hootsuite. You don't need any of those tools because it's all built in right there into the platform. And so I have had folks who've said, you know, I just want to use the platform without the content. Can I do that? Um, And that's an option. You know, it's more than Facebook and Instagram. There can also be, you know, I do uh, Google My Business, YouTube. Like there's a whole bunch of different options that you can use. Um, And I think a lot of that really goes to like what is effective for you and your market. And if you're brand new, you don't know that yet. Um, If you have been established, you probably know. Um, But if not, add Google My Business is a good one that everybody overlooks. Everybody overlooks it, but it helps tremendously because if you're posting frequently to GMB, you're also getting a little bump in the uh, your SEO results because Google sees that you're, you know, you're active, you have content, and that's going to show up if people are searching for you. Your, <clears throat> excuse me, your posts show up on the right hand side. 
And so you can see all of those updates that are coming through. And so that just helps people, again, to get to know you, to help answer questions without having to dive deep into your website. So Google My Business, which I'll be asking somebody else about really soon, as soon as she's not new at that company anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer, uh, I'm not on that side of the business. I'll still I'm ask you. Yeah. I can find a resource for you for sure. Yes. Be happy to do that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll promote your, your company then, you know, Google, my business is good. So nice. nice. Uh, can I say one thing? Um, I was a little overwhelmed with the different options. I'd like, it's so funny because we've talked about this as uh, float center owners of trying to simplify things as much as possible. I was a little bit overwhelmed. My brain frazzled a little bit, um, but we, we started talking. And as soon as we started talking, the questions of what are you looking for? Like these really simple, I think it was a survey, probably like a Google, Google Doc survey, like something really simple to focus me on what exactly is it that I want? And then once I filled that out, you know, then it was like, okay, this is the tier that you want. This is the one that fits you. And it's like, oh, that's great. And oh my God, how does Kim make money? <laughs> this is such a good thing. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think Kim is going about the same strategy as Art of the Floats Patreon, which is keep it ridiculously affordable for the float center owners themselves because you know what they're going through. And ideally, you make up for it in bulk. Enough people sign up that it, it pays your bills to, to do, like for me, the shoots and for her to, to be working on all this stuff. Um, so I certainly hope that either you already have enough clients or that you get enough clients to do that because the pricing is really, really good and it's in the float center owner's favor right now. So um, get in while they're getting good um, and start the dialogue. Get get to that point where you're um, answering those questions so you don't have that. If, if you're like me and you get over, overwhelmed with that kind of stuff, um, it, it'll simplify it for you. That's my the best piece of advice I can give. Thanks, Dylan. And I try to post a lot of recommendations and tips and things on, you know, my Mindful Solutions Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I have, you know, a couple of Facebook groups as well where I'm just trying to share things as I can. You know, there's all kinds of changes that are happening on um, Facebook, especially right now. There, the interface is changing. The way the uh, business suite is structured, pages manager is going away. Um, there's a whole lot of change that's happening on all of that. And it's, I mean, it's hard for me to keep up with it. And like, it's literally what I do. And I'm, you know, connected and talking to other social media managers about it and experts in the industry. And um, there's a lot of change that's coming. So having a place to go, you know, I just want to share that information as much as I can with people, whether or not you're my client. Um, I've always believed in just sharing information freely. If it's not my knowledge to, to own, you know, I try to share what yes. I can. Drew, we kind of jokingly were saying this episode was about convincing you or, you know, trying to see if this works for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, in, in all honesty, jokes aside, what are your thoughts? I have anxiety and I feel overwhelmed by all of this stuff that I have no clue about when it comes to marketing, especially yeah. social media and online marketing. And I feel as though I should probably invest a little bit more money into that. And I think maybe the struggle for me sometimes, Kim, is to see like, okay, the money's going out. How does that money come back? And you don't, you know, it's hard to really know like, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw this unless someone tells you, right? Or you're you're really asking like, how do you hear about us? And even then I, I ask that question and sometimes people are like, 
Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. Sure. Can All I, right. can I give the dumb answer before Kim gives the smart answer? Yeah. <laughs> um, you are, you've already experienced put, doing your social media, right? So, like, you know you need to have a social media presence. So, like, look yes. at how much time it takes for you. How much research do you have to do to create content? How many times do you drop the ball and, and not get it done? And then look at, like, a month's worth of content. What does that whole cycle look like for you, including the anxiety and everything? And then look at the price of what, you know, whether it's uh, one of these big companies, whether it's Kim, whatever it is, like, to do your social media, how much money is that worth? And again, when I saw the number, I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I didn't even run it past Sandra. Um, I emailed her. She's been busy teaching. She didn't respond. And I was just like, we're signing up. And then I told her about it over dinner. She was like, cool. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And when you put it in those terms, Dylan, even just for the time and the anxiety that I get trying to, again, go back to... What's your time worth? I literally have a dollar number in my head mm-hmm. that I think of. Good. So I, don't, I won't say that out loud, but I do have a, I do have that number in my head when people are wasting my time. But yeah, as I'm <laughs> right, sitting right. here thinking about all of this, I'm thinking, yeah, I probably should, should do this. There were so many things that you just said that I said, I, I don't know that I have any of that going on right now. So yeah, in my head, I, I'm going to hook up Jen with Kim and I think um, I think you might have just got yourself a new client <laughs> over here, Kim. True. Wow, chicka, wow, wow. Yeah. I'm in. It's matchmakers. It's matchmakers. No, but it's truly, <laughs> you know, whether you you go with my services or not. Um, I shared at the float conference a whole lot of stuff, and actually, um, I put together my presentation with my notes from the float conference. Um, that we shared at the event. I'll put a note to that in the show links so everybody can download that too. There's a lot of uh, really good information. There's some really tangible takeaways about what you can do, uh, how to create your own schedule, you know, some of those sorts of things and, and where to look for your platform, where best to spend your time. But Drew, a lot of it really, when you're talking organic social media, honestly, if somebody guarantees you a certain number of followers um, in a certain amount of time, I would run away because they may be using bots. There are lots of services out there. And I have one platform that I've used before. This tool has some really great fun uh, functions, but I found that it also has a function where I can just buy followers for my people and you can get shut down for that. But if that is the route that people are going, that's actually going to hurt you. It's not about numbers when it comes to social media. We all think that it's about growing this really big following, but it's about engagement. It's about connection, about having the right audience. And if you've invited all of your friends and family and they don't come to float with you, you have the wrong audience. If you're just trying to get numbers, you have the wrong audience. And what happens is they're not engaging with your content. The algorithm sees that they're not engaging. And it says that you're posting a bunch of junk and you're going to get buried. And so you want the right people. And so when it comes to organic posting, it's really, really hard to measure it. Um, And I never make promises to people because I can't guarantee that. My goal is to take something off your plate, to provide education, inspiration, and some value um, for your followers to try to help create some loyalty and open up the door so that you can make those connections with people when they do come in. Because when it comes to advertising and dollar spend, you should be looking at some harder metrics. You should be looking at, was this ad effective? Did it convert to a follow? Did it convert to... Um, a call, did it convert to an actual sale? 
all of those sorts of things, you should be looking at that. Those are very easy to track. But when it comes to organic posting, it's a lot harder um, to really pinpoint exact growth. So. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so how do how does one go about? Yeah, how does yeah. one go about this? So do I put you in I'm touch with? In. I, I'll have Jen reach out to you. I, how do I'll, how do, I'll send you, do you have a, a website that I, I should go to? I do. do you have a website? I do have a website. It's mindful. Uh, well, I just redesigned it. It's been around a f- three or four years now. But mindful with two L's dot solutions. Um, mindful with two L's, and it's because my mind is always full and. Uh, yeah, and you need solutions it's to do that. Exactly. <laughs> it's super, <laughs> super cheesy, uh, super Love cheesy. Mindful dot solutions, and you know, there's I have information about the different packaging, what the pricing is, and you know, the intake form. Um, I have options that like I don't uh, always take every client who applies. Might not be a good fit. Um, uh oh. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I, so about that friend I have, mm-hmm. uh, that's virtual intake. Oh, we can do that. Another Patreon exclusive. Watch your friend again. <laughs> yes, it's it's. And are you single? It's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, but the intake is super quick. Dylan did it. I mean, Dylan did it. Even I did it. Yep, All it's right. true. Mm-hmm. The guilt got to me. Yeah, and we did it. Yeah, it's the basic stuff. But and if anybody, yeah. if what, anybody listening, yeah, if anybody listening has questions, like feel free to shoot me a message. I'm happy to answer questions and help where I can. You know, that's again, it's not my knowledge to own and hoard. I will share what I know, what I can, and um, you know, there are, of course, as any professional would say, there is a line where I will have to say, hmm. I cannot cross that. I do have options available for you. But honestly, when it comes to my float people, they're my people and I hmm. want to help as much as I can. So, Kim is one of the good ones, people. I, I have this weird knack of collecting good people around me. I don't know about myself, but the people around <laughs> me tend to be real high quality, uh, just sweet people. Kim is incredible. She's, she's always been incredible. podcast crew. Gloria, I can't explain your self-esteem, but you are an absolute beast. You're a beast. Um, and Drew's got so much heart. He's got so much heart. I love Drew. And fun to look at. Right? I'm having a good hair day behind the scenes. <laughs> we should be doing videos. Uh yeah, in my and and I know that it's 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 a, a weird line to walk, right? When like she is co-host here, she has her own other business, and and we're plugging on the show and doing an episode about it. So it's like it's a little I don't know if awkward is the right word. It's but awkward. It, it's awkward for you, <laughs> funny. As, but but the truth of it is that she does great work. She always has. She's great at anything she puts her mind to, and I've been breathing easy since starting it. So. It just made sense to be like, hey, Kim, can we just do an episode about this and talk about what you're doing? Um, I don't know that everybody in the industry knows about this, and they should. They should have the option to choose and know what they're getting into. So um, thank you, Kim, for um, <laughs> pushing through and yes. talking about your business. That's amazing. It's really and, funny. Uh, As a marketing person, I uh, don't like marketing my own business. Like, I, It's right. funny. 
organic. Like it's just that ingrained in me. Everything is organic. All, every client I've ever had has been worth word of mouth, you know? Mm. And, and so that's just the way I prefer to keep things. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank Drew you. or big data as we call them. Thank you so much for being on tonight's <laughs> episode. Gloria, thank you for asking the tough questions as always. <laughs> And uh, thank you so much to our, well, thanks to Ken for, wow, hosting tonight, guesting, uh, and taking live show notes on tonight's episode. Thank you so much. Did you take show notes? I notes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, quite impressive. And um, thanks to, to, to Drew and Gloria. Thank you guys so much. It's always such a stinking pleasure. Thanks to everybody who's listening to our goofy episodes and uh, just sticking with us. Absolutely love it. All the way to the end of the podcast. Which reminds me, little special announcement. This Friday will be our first uh, Instagram Live. Drew is going to be touring his flip center, which is super cool. Uh, so excited about that! <laughs> Yay! And we're going to keep we're going to keep that running. So um, you're going to get to see all the different flip centers around the world, uh, inside and out, and all the the day to day stuff. So good times there. Uh, beyond that, thanks everybody supporting us on Patreon. Um, yeah, gosh, I am just so amazed um, that all of you are supporting us on Patreon. I'm, I'm just amazed. Thank you. More good things are coming through that, in addition to just all the monthly photo and video content that uh, comes out every month. And thanks to our support, uh, to our uh, advertisers, to Float Helm, who we truly believe in. And thanks so much to Max Floats for supporting us. It means so much to us. And so uh, what's fun is like, Mindful Solutions is all about the organic, and Maximum Floats is talking about that real specific um, marketing component to it to get people in your business. So it's a nice little pairing there. And uh, let's see here. Until next week, remember to uh, memorize your data points. (laughs) 